International Law and Sustainable Development Taught by me, Charlotte Siebergasser, at the University of Lucerne in Spring Term 2021. Episode 1 UN Sustainable Development Goals Inequality is an inherent part of our world. There are differences in the climate in the different regions of our planet. There are differences in the genes. Some have a talent for music, others have a talent for physics. There are differences in the way we are brought up. And a lot of these differences and inequalities are actually part of natural life that's occurring on our planet. Some of the uh, existing inequalities in our world, however, are human-made. And those human-made inequalities are considered uh, unfair to a certain extent, and those inequalities should not be aggravated throughout the uh, history of humankind. So it's actually the inequalities which are human-made, which sustainable development wishes to eradicate for the benefit of a juster world. Now, of these human-made inequalities, what we want to achieve is actually that human actions um, are sustainable. If you want to know what sustainable is, you can ask yourself, can we do this over and over again for an eternity? Will your children and your children's children be able to do exactly the same thing again and again and again? If yes, then supposedly what we do is actually sustainable. Sustainable Development or the UN SDGs are there with an instrument for identifying a compromise between the three dimensions of sustainable development, the social, the environmental and the economic dimension. Obviously, such a compromise between the three angles uh, may look quite different depending on who assesses sustainable development, where and when. The UN Sustainable Development Goals were launched and adopted in 2015 by 193 UN member states. Um, the 17 goals comprise 169 targets and 232 indicators meant to measure progress over time. The UN SDGs are aiming at achieving sustainable development at a global level by year 2030, meaning in nine years. The SDGs are basically global in nature, meaning that they cover both local and regional measures, but also global measures and international cooperation. Further, the UN SDGs build on the principle of leaving no one behind. This means that in order to for a target to be fulfilled by 2030, all of a society or a country or the world needs to um, complete the given indicator or target as established in the SDGs. This is particularly relevant with regard to countries that are basically meeting the UN SDGs for a majority of society, 
in the sense that they need to take uh, special measures with regard to disadvantaged communities. Finally, the UN SDGs acknowledge interconnection between the different targets and indicators and goals in the sense that they comprise all three angles of sustainable development, meaning the social, the environmental and the economic angle. Perhaps the most innovative feature of the sustainable development goals is the fact that they are trying to bring order into a very complex issue, the complex issue of what sustainable development is or ought to be in any given circumstance. Compared with the UN SDGs, actually, the Millennium Development Goals were much more straightforward. The Millennium Development Goals were focusing primarily on developing countries, so they were not global in nature. Um, plus, they were focusing on social targets, so uh, specific targets with regard to social impact of policies. Um, and uh, finally, and that has been criticized in literature, um, the Millennium Development Goals were limited to numeric uh, targets. By embracing all three dimensions of sustainable development, the UN SDGs promise to deliver improvement of living conditions, um, not only for current generations, but also for future generations. Compared with the Millennium Development Goals, the UN Sustainable Development Goals depart from the assumption that the protection and preservation of a healthy environment is necessary, a necessary precondition for all subsequent other development. From a sustainable development perspective, for instance, investing in renewable energies is not only meaningful with regard to the protection of the environment, but also with regard to the protection of jobs. Given that the world is bound to run out of fossil fuels at some point in the future, the current jobs in the fossil fuel industries are hence not secured for future generations. Another example of the complexity of sustainable development and how it all interconnects within the agenda of the sustainable development goals is perhaps um, the example of access to health care and education. Healthcare and education is certainly good for with regard to the social dimension of sustainable development. That's the obvious case. But it's also beneficial to the economic and environmental dimension of sustainable development in the sense that a well-educated and healthy workforce is bound to be more efficient um, and more productive. Plus, we know that uh, healthy and well-educated people have more resources um, to actually engage in the protection of the environment. The UN SDGs cover uh, a variety of interconnected aspects and while they may have been the result of a rather optimistic global consensus in 2015, 
Um, they are particularly challenged now. The pandemic affects all of us and all of the world in various ways, and particularly it affects uh, prospects for achieving the SDGs by 2030. To give you a quick overview over the 17 uh, SDGs, I'm going to uh, present each goal with a short reflection with regard to what we know, how the pandemic is affecting prospects of the in each individual SDG. Goal one, end poverty. Now already mid-2020, the UN estimated another 71 million people who are pushed into extreme poverty thanks to the pandemic. At this point of time, we do not know um, the impact of the pandemic on overall poverty at a global level because we simply lack the data and we do not know how the pandemic is going to evolve. Clearly, however, um, the world is not on track to reaching the goal one, ending poverty um, by 2030. Goal two, zero hunger. Now, also with regard to the goal two, uh, the world is currently not on track. This is particularly the case because the pandemic affected small-scale food producers, which comprise 40 to 85% of all food producers in developing countries quite uh, strongly. Goal three, good health and well-being. Now, clearly, the pandemic affected this goal quite strongly, not only because of the side effects, the health uh, crisis induced by the COVID-19 virus, but also because um, childhood uh, immunization programs had to be interrupted because malaria is uh, going to increase again, etc. Goal four, quality education. The pandemic affected uh, different students uh, across the world in different ways. Now, where schools were closed and students were unable to participate in remote learning, it remains currently unclear to what extent and how those students will catch up with their fellow students in regions where the students were actually able to participate in remote learning. Goal five, gender equality. From what we see currently, the data shows that women are affected by the pandemic much more strongly than men in a way that women are on the front lines of fighting the coronavirus in the health sector and care sector, um, but also in countries, especially in industrialized countries, unemployment rates due to the pandemic hit um, more the, the female workers than male workers. Goal six, clean water and sanitation. Now it remains currently unclear to what extent clean water facilities to wash hands and uh, sanitation facilities um, actually is necessary for preventing the spread of the coronavirus. Nevertheless, we still have the problem that water scarcity could displace 
um, over 700 million people by 2030. Goal 7. Affordable and clean energy. Finally, some good news. Financial flows to developing countries for renewable energy are actually increasing and they continue to increase even now. Goal 8. Decent work and economic growth. Now it's currently too early to tell how exactly the pandemic is going to affect the labour force worldwide. Nevertheless, estimates from the UN suggest that only in the second quarter of 2020, uh, COVID-19 actually led to the equivalent of 400 million of job losses around the world. And clearly, um, the 1.6 billion workers in the informal economy, they were uh, hit by the pandemic um, much more severely than the workers in uh, the formal economy. Goal 9. Industry, innovation and infrastructure. Already before the pandemic, manufacturing growth was actually declining due to tariffs and trade tensions in the uh, so-called trade war. Now, the pandemic certainly didn't help, but it's too early to tell to what extent the pandemic affected innovation and infrastructure and industry growth globally. Goal 10. Reduced inequalities. The most vulnerable groups are being hit the hardest by the pandemic. Hence, uh, it's clear that everyone expects inequality within countries, but also between countries, to increase due to the pandemic. Goal 11. Sustainable cities and communities. Already prior to the pandemic, the share of urban population living in slums was actually increasing. Now, due to the pandemic, especially uh, people living in slums were uh, exposed to a higher risk of catching uh, COVID-19 and it remains unclear what kind of measures need to be taken in order to protect uh, urban population better in the future. Goal 12. Responsible consumption and production. Now, while the world continues to use natural resources unsustainably, the pandemic actually led to some uh, form of relief with regard to air pollution, but also the use of uh, energy and uh, consumption actually declined to a certain degree. So it will be interesting to see how in the recovery of the economic and the health crisis, the world um, uh, is able to maybe readjust consumption behavior. Goal 13, climate action. Now you've certainly all seen that the pandemic actually in some places led to a drop in greenhouse gas emissions. Um, while this was a very welcome effect, side effect of the pandemic, we are still short of the required 7.6% of annual reduction um, in order to limit global warming. 
goal 14. Now due to a drastic reduction in human activity brought about by the pandemic, um, some areas of uh, the oceans are actually or were actually able to recuperate uh, to a certain degree from the damage undertaken in recent years. So we'll see how sustainable or how the long-term effect of this little relief will be for the oceans. Goal 15, life on land. Now already before the pandemic, the world was falling short on the 2020 targets to hold biodiversity loss. This has actually not improved during the pandemic. Goal 16, peace, justice and strong institutions. Now already in 2019, the number of people fleeing war, persecution and conflict exceeded 79.5 million, which was the highest level ever recorded. Now it's too early to tell what the impact of the pandemic is going to be on peace and justice and, and stability of global institutions, but the prospects are not particularly bright at this moment. Goal 17, the last goal, partnerships for the goals. Now remittances are a very important aspect in uh, trying to balance inequality within uh, or between countries. Now remittances actually dropped due to the pandemic um, and uh, they are projected to further fall. Um, it's not clear to what extent global foreign direct investment is going to decline at this point, but the UN estimates that it might actually decline by up to 40% in the coming years. So clearly the SDGs are ambitious. They might even seem unrealistic at this point of time. But then, so did the MDGs when they were introduced a while ago, and nevertheless, we actually achieved most of them. The UN Sustainable Development Goals are not legally binding. So if we do not meet all of the SDGs by 2030, no uh, single country is going to be forced to do something about that by international law directly. However, the UN SDGs have become uh, binding indirectly in the sense that they have been included in funding decisions, for instance, with regard to loans or foreign direct investment. They have become part of international labels um, or they have been incorporated in international agreements, such as, for instance, in international trade agreements. Further, it should not be underestimated what it means that the global community actually has a shared language with regard to what sustainable development means today. This is very important um, in order to actually uh, initiate global action um, on 
with regard to achieving sustainable development. So why should we care? Now, even though the sustainable development goals are not law per se, they embody a global consensus. And given that the concept of sustainable development is very complex and hard to grasp, the SDGs provide an instrument or guidance at least toward designing more sustainable rules and toward taking action in a truly sustainable way. And when doing that, when designing uh, measures aiming at achieving the SDGs, countries are basically free how they want to contribute to the sustainable development goals, which ones they want to prioritize over um, others, etc. Domestically, the SDGs do not prescribe any kind of specific action or ranking order that needs to be respected. What we are going to look at in the coming weeks is the extent to which existing and binding and enforceable international law is actually SDG friendly and to what extent it might actually render achieving the SDGs a bit more complex than it already is. Quite simply, sustainable development needs to be fostered bottom-up. The design of the UN SDGs is actually such that it is a bottom-up approach. And international rules are decisive over the kind of policy action that is legally possible at a local or national level. International law and sustainable development, taught by me, Charlotte Siebergasser, at the University of Lucerne in spring term 2021.